Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, I'm Maurice O'Keefe, and you're very welcome to this edition of Voices from the Archives the Irish Life and Lore series. In this week's podcast, we look at the Irish Gaelic nobility, those who are the descendants who survived and held on to their land down through the centuries. And you will hear in the podcast stories from the Maclacuddies of Glenfless Castle in County Kerry, the Connors of Manch in West Cork, the O'Briens of Inchiquin in County Clare, and the O'Hars of Annamore in County Sligo. And we start with the McDermott's from Ballinadrine in County Sligo. And I first asked Madam Felicity McDermott about the coat of arms. Can you describe to me what they mean? Uh, you know, you've got the three boars uh, in one. That's the McDermott one, yes. Mm. And then on the other one... You... And then um, on each side, that is his... The oak tree on the right is O'Connor and his grandmother and his great-grandmother were both O'Connors. And on the top you have Burke, Kelly, Dillon. And in fact they married several Burks and several more O'Connors. And that takes you back to um, about 1600 and something. Uh, certainly. Okay, so they were the families. And the lines again were... Uh, O'Rourke. O'Rourke family. And here Felicity talks about her father, Alan Cecil MacDermott. Your father was the man who took great interest in railways. And, yeah, he was uh, another MacDermott, actually. But we were not related since about 1400. <laughs> um, he was brought... His father was brought up in Boyle. And he was one of the first Catholics to be qualified as a doctor in Trinity, but there was very little employment for a doctor in Ireland at that time. And he went to England and, and practised in Bath, Somerset. And that's where my father was brought up. Now, what instilled in your father the interest for trains? Have you any idea? I don't know. <laughs> he was always interested in railways. He wrote that book on the Great Western Railway. He wrote the official history of the Great Western Railway. And as a result, the family could travel first class with a third class ticket. <laughs> Your grandfather had invested heavily in, in the Irish railways. Yes, he was a patriotic Irishman and any money he made he invested in Irish railways which were being um, laid down at that time. 
And it was very profitable in the end, but um, unfortunately the, the Free State government confiscated them and that was it as regards any return. And that was the end of any any profits coming Any profit, in. Yeah. yes. This house was shut up at the time because the old MacDermott, that would be my father-in-law now, had just died. And my husband had not returned from Malaya where he was the robber planter. When was this house first built? This house was built in 1896-8. It took two years to build. And the architect was James Franklin Fuller. And in fact, if you look at... Um, one of the great southern hotels down there, um, you can see the same design that he built. Um, he also, oh, he built Ivor House and all sorts of houses all around the country. Um, this was called Scotch Baronial, I think, <laughs> and it was all hand-cut stone. There was supposed to be every stonemason in Ireland on it. And, um, so it must have cost. It, it, it obviously cost uh, quite a bit to, cost to quite put a lot, it up. Yes. Yeah, and at the time, the the, the McDermott's were well to do. Well, he himself was Attorney General for Ireland. Yes, and um, he made his money himself on the in the law. It was it was always a profitable <laughs> thing. He um, and this was Hugh. Hugh, yes. And so he's... Uh, he, he, he was, in fact, at the time of the famine, um, he was told his daughter that he remembered running round the field for joy because he'd had enough porridge for breakfast. So that um, he made, did it all himself on scholarships. He was a brilliantly clever boy. He did stand for Parliament, actually. That would have been the English Parliament for Derbyshire, but he didn't get in. He was a Gladstonian liberal, but the um, Tories got in and that was why he never became a judge, because he should have been, because he was very much preeminent in the Irish bar. It was then, as always, a political appointment. I'm here in Sligo in Anamore House, uh, which is uh, an O'Hara. Um, mm-hmm. The seat of the O'Hara's. Yeah, yeah. Durkin, can you tell me how many generations of the of uh, your family lived here? Well, in this uh, God, in this particular building, the sixth or seventh in this yeah. building as is now. Okay. And oh, then where, was, where was the original house? Uh, well, the the earlier house to this one was also on this site, but between here and the stables that you've just come from, there was an earlier house again. And then the even, the earlier castle was behind us here, behind the house. And that so, was, so they were here in this area. They are that the family title would be the O'Hara's of Laney, which is the plains of Laney, which would be the area stretching from here westwards towards North Mayo. Okay, basically. And here in the hallway, you know, the the, the other portraits. Do you have any idea? I I don't. I only know Anthony O'Hara, who's who is a knight of Malta. Yeah. up there um, and he was a, a he never visited animal he was the son of general charles o'hara yeah illegitimate son of general charles o'hara who was also the illegitimate son of lord thorley and clomaine who both did very well in the british army at the, in the yeah. day um general charles o'hara ended up being governor of gibraltar 
um, and that's his illegitimate son, who, who was a very good friend, childhood friend of Alexander I of Russia. Oh, I see. My goodness, um, yeah. And he yeah. never visited... There's a fascinating book about him. Yeah. Um, but he never, but he, there are letters in the family papers stating how wise it was to change religion, and that's where the comment came from, that land was more important than, than God. Than God. Yeah. yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, he, yeah. but he was yeah. in touch with the family. Yeah. And, and he was the But Russian, he never actually came Never here. came to Ireland at all. But he was the Russian ambassador to the Knights of Malta in the Mediterranean. My yeah. goodness, yeah. Which just shows the, even then, the, uh, the European and the world connections, you know, with this the country. Boy, yeah, here. absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we're now in the dining room. So the, I guess the important, the most interesting person here is this guy who's Charles the Elder. Yeah. Um, and he it was, blah, 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 human Dublin. So he inherited in 1675. Now I'm getting this all wrong, hang on. Okay. Um, I should know this. He was born in 1705, but he was the best friend and benefactor to Edmund Burke. Oh, and yes. his papers are very well known and are published in yeah. various books about Edmund Burke and what have you. Yeah. And he was the one that's rumoured to have been offered the earldom. And he was married to the daughter. Of, he was, his wife was the daughter of an earl, English earl. Yes. At the time. And the Earl of Hindford. And you can see all, you know, the portraits there looking down on you. Well, that's William and Mary. Yeah. Which apparently are very important to have when you change sides in your, in your um, house, hanging up, say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and these are Hamiltons from the north, and their mother was an O'Hara, and she predeceased both her husband and her sons, and that's why their portraits are, are down here, came back here. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah that's how they got So there's a few Hamilton yeah. portraits in the house. Yeah. Could you tell me the size of, of the estate, or how many acres of land goes with the house? At the, well, the estate at the moment, split between my brother and I, is about 1,100 acres, of which I have 340, and he has the remainder. Um, the estate, the anglicised estate, was about 22,000 acres. And then the area that is Laney, so my father being the O'Hara Prince of Laney, would have been a much larger area over which the, I didn't suppose back then you owned the land, but you, you had control over and you collected taxes off and everything else. Yeah. yeah. I'm here in Drumoland Castle and I'm talking to Conor O'Brien. Conor, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be sitting down here in your garden talking to you. Well, I'm sorry we're, we're stuck outside at the moment with, with the COVID-19, but uh, hopefully in a few weeks settle, settle yeah. and we'll all be back to, freer, back to normal again. And just fill me in on, on your background a little bit you know just uh, where, where does the connection come well i uh, i was born during the war in in england my father was in the royal air force he was born here in the castle and he stayed on after the war and i was educated in england and i inherited the title and the position of the o'brien in 1982 when one of my uncles died and had no children to pass it on to. So I inherited from my uncle. Uh, my grandfather had three sons. The eldest, Donna, was the 16th Baron. He died in 1968. And the 17th Baron died in 1982. And I became the 18th Baron in 1982. You would have been in your 40s yeah, yeah, at mm, that time. Yeah. And th that 
getting the title and having that responsibility, how do you feel about it? Well, I, it was a bit of a shock. I'd been living in the Far East for 10 years before that, and when my uncle died, I left Hong Kong and came back to Ireland and took over the reins of this place, um, which was sort of already very much involved in legal actions and goodness knows what. So it was a very difficult period to start with, um, and I had to sort out those legal disagreements. And uh, as a result of that, I managed to start to make, th uh, to, to work on the estate here and on the farm and the house. And the house, as you can see, is a big, big house. Um, I inherited it completely empty, so I had to furnish and decorate it. And with the help of my mother initially, turned it into a five-star guest house. Now, when you inherited it, you inherited all all the problems as yes, well. Yes, yeah, plenty of them. <laughs> oh, was there inheritance tax? Did you? Oh yes, yeah. Well, capital acquisitions tax, it's called. Um, yeah. Like everything, thanks, Lucia. Um, like everything. <clears throat> so they were the sort of problems I had to start with. Was there a danger at that time that you might lose it? Do you know? I don't think there was a danger because it was pretty cut and dry, the inheritance, the line of inheritance. As I said, yeah. I'm very lucky as 32nd in direct descent from Brian Baru. I have, there are records in existence of my descent direct from Brian Baru, 32 times removed. Well, when you ask a person to go back in their family history, <laughs> I'm sure you've <clears throat> people have spoken to you about this lo uh, loads of times. Um, having having a, a background like that, it, it, it's extraordinary. It's amazing, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't believe it, but because they say, "Well, everybody's descended from Brian Baru," but <laughs> and they probably are. But but the the fact that after Brian Baru was killed, the O'Briens remained on and off as High Kings of Ireland until 1118 and as Kings of Munster and Kings of Thomond until the mid-1500s when the last um, Earl, no, the, uh. A lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. The last earl submitted to Henry VIII, and we became the, uh, the earls of Inchquin and Lord Inchquin, as opposed to Murrah, the last king of Thomond. He was the last king of Thomond in 1543, went over to Greenwich and submitted to Henry VIII. You were brought up in England. Yeah. And you had this Irish heritage. Yeah. Where did you stand with that? <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, having visited Ireland frequently in my youth and knowing Dromolan Castle and whatever, I have a, a huge affinity for being Irish. I was born in England, so I had a, initially I had an, an a, a UK passport. But when I came back here in 1982-83, I applied for an Irish passport, which I've held ever since. So I'm both. I'm dual, dual nationality, if you like. The Protestant Reformation was a religious reform movement and was introduced to Ireland at the start of the 17th century by the English administration at the behest of King Henry VIII. And as a result, many of the Gaelic Catholic nobility lost their lands and some changed their religion. This was the case in with the O'Connors of Cargophile Castle in North Kerry. And one branch of the O'Connors moved down to West Cork to a place called Manch. And that's where I met two sisters who were direct descendants of the O'Connors of Cargophile Castle. I first spoke to Nan Connor and then later to Patience. I'm here in Manch and I'm talking to Anne Connor. And uh, yes, I, I'm fascinated to hear some of uh, the stories relating to the Connors and, and uh, to, to your own life, because you've lived here well, always, have you? Uh, no, I've only been here the last 50 years, so 60 years. I li- my, I've lived next door at Carrigmore Moore and, and in a little house next door at Fort Robert. It's the old ruin on the hill now. My father owned owned that and a very small house made out of the stables. Let me take you back a stage even before that yeah, again. Yes. Uh, going back to the, the Connors of Kerry Connors yes. uh, of Carrigophile. Uh, yeah. What? what um, uh, how did they come? How to did they here? come here? Uh, yes. Well, we know the the Connor who was hanged by Cromwell, not roasted alive. I'm glad to say. I think it was merely hanged. Uh, the, the wife uh, jo- uh, brought the child to 
to Bandon and brought him out as a Protestant. Dropping the O and being no doubt very Protestant, he went to England and made a fortune. He was a merchant. He, he was, that must have been Philip Connor, the father of Cornelius, I think. But though he called himself a gentleman, I don't know how he lived by his wits probably, but Cornelius the son was highly intelligent and made a huge fortune. And he came back and I suppose all this land here was probably confiscated after all the troubles. Anyway, it belonged to a party called the Hollow Sword Blade Company. I'm sure you've heard of them, have you? Yes, indeed. And I remember Daddy showing me the deeds of this place. Yeah. Parchment, of course, the lovely uh, but, yellowy but, parchment. Yes, but explain that to me, the, the, um, uh, the, the, the Hollow um, uh, Sword Company. The, 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 the sword, sword was, was ground like a razor. Yes. No, no, not like a hatchet like that. It had, I yes. presume, it was worth sharpening. <laughs> but anyway, it, it, it sounds pretty good. Well, so they I, were here before. They were here, coffee. but they, there was no house whatsoever on the place. Yeah. I believe there was one somewhere called Ballet Prevan. That must have been the one the Cornelius bought. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he bought the land. Why did he choose to buy this land? I here. suppose you bought what you could in the price. And he might have felt it wouldn't be politic to go into Kerry again. You know, Connor's unpopular there, I should think, at the time. And then our neighbours across the river, the dance of Kilkaskan, they also bought a huge chunk of land from the hollow sword blade. So the hollow sword blades must have got some enormous grant of land. And uh, they came from where originally? They were English, of course. I presume they'd been English uh, yeah. engineering company. But they owned a lot of land. I suppose they didn't, you know. You chopped up Ireland rather like people selling great chunks of land in Kenya. It didn't really matter who was on it. You, you just pushed them around. I mean, if they cared to stay and starve, well, they could. That was that. Those were the times. Those were the times. It's lovely to be here with you. Uh, Patience, you're you're the descendant of the O'Connors, originally of North Kerry. We believe. Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, your memory would go back very far now. Well, I'm 87, so I I remember my life. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, can you talk to me about your your own memories, your young days growing up uh, in Manch? Uh, we didn't grow up in Manch. My father was a district justice and we lived in Roscommon and Dublin and Mallow for a long time. And then my uncle died, I think about 1944, and it was entailed to my father. And we came to Manch, I must have been 20 plus. Now I'm sitting down in a room with you, which is surrounded by oh, portraits yeah. and. Uh, oh yes, memory. somebody counted them one day and went and told her friend in Dublin there were thirty-seven pictures in the room, and they wouldn't believe her. Oh, but but they're miniatures and things. Yes, uh, lots of them your ancestors and, and connections. Uh, you do you remember the great silhouettist? Oh, what was his name? He was a French one. You don't remember, obviously, but. That is my grandfather, Colonel Longfield, and my great-aunt Mary, I think, being held by the hand. He's very famous. I've forgotten what his name was. Now, he fled the revolution. 
and that's my great-grandfather up above. What was his name? Daniel. Daniel. Oh, what were the, the names that followed in the, in the Connor family? Mainly Daniel, my Uncle Dan, my grandfather Harry Dan, my great-grandfather Dan, the man who fought the duel was Dan. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't think there were any Dans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and coming down to your own father, this is, this is, a, is a painting of you. That's father. not my father, that's my grandfather. That's Dan, Harry Dan, the uh, QC. Yes, and, and so, but you, you never knew him because... Uh, no, he, but he altered the entailment. To, he felt Daddy couldn't afford any more children, so he altered the entailment so a girl could inherit match which I think he died in 25 or 26. Mm. I thought it was very good, but of course he didn't know there was a brother coming along. <laughs> yes. Anyway, mm. Uncle Dan and he both joined the RA, RFC, and I have their wings. Yes. Oh, very good. Yes, but uh, the Uncle Dan, uh, Daddy was a wonderful mechanic, and he could mend the aeroplane when it came down, but he got seasick. He was a very bad lander. And Uncle Dan got him moved out of the RFC into a legal officer. So he wasn't flying. And uh, he did that for the rest of the war. Then he'd six months in Cologne after the war. And then he came back and joined the Free State Army. And he, I know when I was born, he was legal officer in Limerick. And uh, then he sold it on. But, of course, all the fellows who didn't go to the war had all the barristers' work when he came back. So in 1932, I think he got... He took a DJ ships because his father had already been made circuit judge in Cork, the first circuit judge in Cork. And I suppose that was 23 or so. He wasn't there very long before he died. Did he ever talk to you about the, uh, the, the Troubles, 1916, 22 Troubles? Uh, yes, he did, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, Daddy, you listened when Daddy spoke. He was very, very clever. And, of course, our Uncle George was murdered. And he, he ne- didn't really speak about that. He was a cousin and married to an aunt, and he was murdered on the island in Cork. What was your father's politics? What did he...? He was a tremendous patriot. He constantly referred to the government as the gang of ruffians now in office. Which which government? Any government, the gang of ruffians now in office. Uh, he He was patriot first. He often thought a bomb, an atom bomb in Linster House would be the best thing that could happen to anyone. <laughs> it would do us all good. But, uh, Why was he so against them? Did, did, he, did, did he sense that maybe they're a young, uh, it's a young country and, and no, they were no. trying to get their feet on the ground? No, they were ignorant jobs. And he, 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 you know, our great, great uncle Arthur was the real... Patriot, he, uh, he, uh, the United Irishman, that right there we are. Uh, 
He's one of the... The, the author is one of them, yes. yes. But uh, he wrote wonderfully. I, ha- I have a good lot of his stuff. Now, that was Daddy's Politics. Okay. We didn't break the connection. I don't think that worries him. But we must have our own parliament. And uh, the parliament we got was made of rubbish. I'm here uh, outside Baltimore and I'm talking to Nicholas and Rose McClacuddy. And what a story this is going to be. And it's lovely to be in your house uh, and talking to you today. Um, Nicholas, if I could start so with you. Um, when you were a child growing up, you were growing up in a castle, in Fles Castle. Well, of course, for me, it was just my home. and It was nothing different than what I would have thought anybody else would be. It was their home. Uh, when people ask me that question, uh, it sort of has uh, potential overtones of maybe uh, privilege and of living in a very unusual place. I didn't see it that way, uh, although obviously uh, I was very fortunate in retrospect now to know that I was living in such a building. It has a certain historical interest. I, I was... Uh, Nine, I think, when when uh, we left Lesk because my father uh, decided to to leave and build a house over in, on the other side of Kalani. So was that sold because your father was under pressure to sell it? Or? No, well, in a, in a sense, yes. Uh, my brother Brian was uh, killed in 1940, uh, died of wounds in, in Belgium in the, uh, at the beginning of the war. And my mother was very, very... Uh, emotionally disturbed by this uh, tragedy and she felt the associations of him and Flesk uh, were too much really and so she felt that she could go on living there and I suppose also Flesk was becoming a bit unmanageable might have been another reason which uh, I'm only surmising but they decided to sell and to to build uh, a house as I mentioned earlier on uh, over the Hado. Okay. Well, obviously, I mean, I felt that very proud to be part of uh, a very old Irish family, and I mean that I've always uh, felt very important in my life. Uh, and it was a family <clears throat> that, fortunately, throughout the generations, didn't do any bad things, as far as I'm aware of. Any ghosts follow your family? I don't think so. Uh, I haven't come across them anyway, the, 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 any stories about them, so maybe... Uh, maybe Rose I, might be able to tell you. There's no, there's no. no McIlcuddy uh, ghosts anywhere. No, uh, the, um, the, uh, the uh, way back in... in uh, oh, yes. I the know, okay. O'Sullivan Moore and O'Sullivan Bear, the, he's related to O'Sullivan Moore, and one of those murdered each other, and... The O'Sullivan Bear, there's a lovely bit in the Annals of the Four Masters saying he hated the night. As a daisy. No, 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 he hated mankind as a daisy hates the night. The O'Sullivan Bear um, escaped to Spain and Nicholas's aunt, who was English, went to a finishing school in France and there she met... Uh, the the proprietress of this place was Spanish, 
and she married <coughs> their son, and they were descended from this O'Sullivan bear. Oh, interesting. Well, we've come to the end of this podcast telling the story of the Irish Gaelic nobility. I hope very soon to bring another podcast telling more stories of the Gaelic nobility. And if you'd like to listen to the full interviews with any of the people you've been listening to, you can do so by going on our website. That's www.irishlifeandlore.com. I'm Maurice O'Keefe and I look forward to bringing you another podcast soon. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.